Welcome to the My New Kings. It's Wayne here, and I'm excited to share with you our third episode of season one. Our team has worked hard to provide support for our community by highlighting the causes that deserve recognition, and so we're glad that you're here to join us on our mission to leave the world better than how we found it. Our topic for this episode is Black representation. I'm so excited to share our conversation with you guys because we will be touching on things like Black role models, events, and entertainment from a practical, modern, and historical perspective. So without further ado, I present you our third episode. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The My New Kings. We are your hosts, Wayne Tajay, Devontae Carter, and Wayne Messam. Unfortunately, Wayne is not here with us tonight, um, but you got me back again. Um, last week, I was not here for our episode of our uh, Black women topic. However, I have overcame the flu and I'm back and I'm better. And we're going to get into some things tonight. <laughs> uh, so today, what is the topic that we're discussing today? We're going to be speaking about Black representation today. Okay, Black representation. We love it. We love to see it. We love to hear about it. Uh, black representation. Let's just get into it, right? Okay, Wayne. So um, for you, what does Black representation mean to you personally? Black representation to me, it means how we engage in storytelling and passing down or passing over knowledge um, and sharing art, uh, amplifying voices of people who otherwise necessarily wouldn't be heard. Uh, so Black representation for me is seeing people in certain positions of power or, or status where they're able to amplify those voices of people. I think, what is um, black representation to you? I think, sorry for interrupting you. No, um, you're good, you're good. I don't know. I think that black representation is just like the differentiation of like black people and what they bring. Like, you know, I love those black people that represent yeah. those who've grown up in like um, different types of communities. Like, obviously, we are a community, but it's like different types of sub communities, like those who grew up you know, not so wealthy and like the little um, southern places or just like, you know, <laughs> small families in the south or yeah, like, or you can be, uh, you know, one of those black families that grew up, you know, pretty wealthy, like in the suburbs. I don't know, it's just nice seeing like different parts of the black community and like, like that shows us in different, uh, different spotlights. Absolutely. No, that's important. Um, I think a lot of people, especially if you're not a part of the Black community, when you think about the Black community, a lot of people, even in 2021, have a very, like, kind of fixated mindset or, like, an overall kind of stereotype or archetype of what, you know, the Black community consists of or is about. So I guess with that being said, Tay, let me throw this question at you first. Who do you feel best represents you as members of the Black community? Um, I'm going to be a little bit uh, cliche on this to say that, um, you know, Rihanna is a pretty good uh, inspiration for me because like... Ooh, back row rebrand? Yeah, having someone who built an empire from becoming a, um, you know, she was born in the Barbados, um, everybody knows that, but, you know, coming up here to America mm-hmm. and from nothing to something and like becoming a billionaire off of becoming a singer. Cause you know, most singers don't, I think that most singers kind of fall off the face of yeah. the earth cause they can't, you know, sustain, um, they can't sustain themselves in like the spotlight for that long. 
So it's yeah. pretty nice seeing that. And then she made her own her own label for herself. So it's pretty nice. No, oh, yeah, me. definitely. You know, Rihanna, she came in, she changed the game several times yeah. and in several different ways. <laughs> uh, okay, but what about you? What about me? Yeah, uh, what about you? Ah, man. Uh, who represents me best uh, as a member of the Black community? Um, there's so many people that come to my mind when I think about it. Uh, I guess like top three, like right off rip. Frank Ocean. Love Frank oh, Ocean. Oh. Yeah. Um, Billy the Porter. That, uh, the way that, uh, what's the song called? Oh my gosh, back when we were like 15. Um, oh, which one? Because there are several. No, the big song he made. The Tornado for My Room song. Uh-huh. Oh, think, thinking about you? Yeah. Oh, you know think about you. Yeah, no, for real. I was about like 13 years old when he performed it at the 2012 MTV movie, uh, Music Awards. Um, and that was around the time I think he had his whole like, you know, coming out like thing or whatnot. But like... 13? Yeah, that was in 2012. Oh, like 15, geez. That was in 2012. That was oh in my 20, gosh. Wait, 2012. I yeah, 2012. I was like eighth grade going to ninth grade. I feel like I was like 13. I don't know. Teenager, you know, barely a teenager though. Um, he really, he, yeah, finding myself in this world as, you know, as a black, queer, cisgendered man. And here I have somebody like, you know, coming on like MTV, you know, spilling his heart out for another man. And he looks like me. And I was like, whoa. Like, oh. there are actually, like, people out here, like, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, identifying that. the same way that I do. Um, so, yeah, he definitely, he definitely set the tone, I guess, for my growth and adolescence following. Um, Billy Porter and my identity, yeah. Billy Porter is another person um, oh, yeah, Billy as well. Porter is, I feel like he made a name for himself the last few years because people just like recognize him even though I didn't really recognize him yeah like, besides the American Horror Story but like yeah that's actually how right I, now. As I got introduced to him through American Horror Story and then I just like fell in love with his other works like I found out um his uh how he played in Kinky Boots and you know how his career took off from there and um you know his uh his role in Pose as well um yeah. he's a fa- fashion icon literally like Billy Porter is such an amazing person. Um, okay, and so who, who was your third? Uh, who's my third? James Baldwin. <laughs> James Baldwin. Uh, he is James Baldwin is dead, y'all. I don't know if you know who James Baldwin is. He is an American uh, poet, uh, author, novelist, uh, you know, essayist, um, activist. But uh, James Baldwin is also black and queer. But you know, he. It's coming from the lens of the 20th century, you know, but to be able to identify with his life in 2021 in the 21st century um, as well, and also finding about him kind of later in life as well, um, and being able to connect to somebody. Um, yeah, he's up there for me too. Those are like, okay, those are like my top three. Of course, I got so many. I got a lot of, a lot more, but like, we can get into that a little bit later. But, um, I mean, that's why it's important though. Like these people kind of like help me grow up. They help shape my identity, my values and stuff. So, you know, I guess that goes into like the next question of this conversation is like, why is representation important to you personally? Um, And like, why should it be? Well, because we're obviously minorities and we need representation because 
people ignored us in the earlier years. Like mm-hmm. TV was just filled with whites and just that's just how it was. Definitely. Um, I think I said it earlier. I was like, uh, I said misrepresentation and lack of diversity kind of marginalizes communities. And so when you don't really have people in certain spaces speaking for you or kind of just like speaking on behalf of you in relation to your specific experience, you kind of feel like left out. And no one wants to feel left out. No kid wants to feel left out as they're growing out. No adult wants to feel left out, you know, in social settings, you know, we're social beings. So it's literally in our DNA to want to feel connected to each other. Um, And so representation in any shape or form is importante. You feel me? You feel us? (laughs) Um, Okay, wait. Um, (laughs) Why do you feel that Chad Bosman, sorry, was such an important member of the black community? Chad who? Chad Bosman. Chad, Chad Bosman. Sorry. Chad. Chadwick. No. Chadwick. Ch- Chad. Chadwick Bosman. Yeah. Because okay, most people know him by Chadwick. <laughs> um, Chadwick Bosman. Do you know who he is? He's in Black Panther. Yes, he was in Black Panther. Hold I think on. that's obviously when I first you know found out about him. Honestly, not gonna lie, same. Well, yeah, because that movie was, like, huge on Black. Like, it wasn't even, like, me, honestly. Like, when I saw it, I was just like, okay. And I'm yeah. not going to get cut for this, but I never watched a movie yet, unfortunately. you never um, seen Black Panther? never seen it. I haven't seen Avengers. Wakanda! No! Wait, you never seen Avengers either? Okay. I Mind you, y'all, so I went on a date to go see the Avengers, and I deadass fell asleep, like, while I was in there. And I never finished watching like the rest of that movie but i did i did see the last one and i've seen all the other marvel movies so you can't drag me completely but um oh gosh black panther though that's i can't excuse that taste 2021 you still haven't seen it if you haven't seen chadwick boseman and black panther if you haven't seen michael b jordan and black panther like if y'all haven't that soundtrack that kendrick lamar I have a song on my Spotify that I know with a little necklace going around, but I didn't Yeah, but um, Chadwick Boseman, he's a pretty iconic person, or he was a pretty iconic uh, person. Unfortunately, he passed away a few years ago due to colon cancer. But um, Actually, my he, uncle has cancer. Um, we're, okay, this is like random, sorry, but we're having a Thanksgiving thing for him because we're not sure if he's going to make it uh, before Thanksgiving comes around. He has a uh, prostate cancer so um, no that's i'm glad that you guys are doing that everybody's getting together um yeah it, it is a it's unfortunate where you know it's a unfortunate circumstance that brings people together but the fact that you guys are brought together you know to be able to celebrate him is amazing you know what i mean and i feel like we don't do that enough um at all especially with people like chadwick boseman you know what i mean like we we've had him but maybe we didn't give him the certain flowers that we should have while he was here you know what i mean in appreciation like this man played jackie robinson 42 he played james brown in get on up uh apparently he played third good marshall and marshall like he played a lot of iconic black uh people throughout history and that's All why right. people love him that's why people love him but that ties into the next question uh, what up? do you think do you think like what do you what do you think that he represents best like what would that be um I think, I think he 
I think that represents strength, to be honest. Like all his roles were just like stress. I don't. I don't no, know. No, th- not stress. Strength. Strength. Okay. Yeah. Yes. 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 I thought you said stress. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wait. Go. Go into that. His roles representing strength. Because I, I, I was reading an article earlier about him, and someone said something a bit similar. Uh, you know, people think of like the stereotypical like a uh, black man wants to be like you know leader and the provider. I just think that you know he does that pretty well. That's what I just think. Like he's him, Denzel. I don't know. It was just that's what I know. Yeah, definitely. I was reading this article earlier, um, written by Kareem Jabbar, who is an author and columnist, and fun fact, a former NBA Hall of Famer. Uh, but he wrote this about uh, Chadwick, and he said that he was and is a celluloid monument as powerful as the Lincoln Memorial, a visual manifestation of the qualities African Americans strive for, so that. His name itself conjures the image of a black man with integrity, integrity and courage, someone devoted to truth and an unwillingness to compromise his principles. And so like for you to just like sit here all that and say like he kind of like embodies strength, a lot of people feel that in a lot of different ways. And I feel like that's awesome. You know, like- I hope they agree with me. This is somebody who we lost, but you know, because of his work and the way that he, he expressed himself as an actor and as an artist, you know his story but not only his story but the stories that he was able to tell will always live on and i feel like that is kind of the essence of what we're trying to get at when we talk about black representation which is pretty cool um and not just not it's not just people that can give us that but there are events out there too as well um and so we're going to move on a little bit and talk about some of those events um the hmm. first one is going to be um Afropunk Fest, but you mentioned it to me. I don't know much about it, to be honest. Afropunk? Yeah, yeah. I just know that they um, usually invite, like, Black artists to come, like, underground Black artists is what you said. Okay, so yeah, Afropunk. Guys, if you have not heard about Afropunk Fest, I'm telling you right now. All right, bet. Okay, Afropunk is lit. I have not gone to Afropunk myself yet, but I'm a a huge fan. Are we going to go? Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to go. Um, yeah. You know, we're we coming out of COVID, you know, I'm taking my time <laughs> going to back to all these festivals and getting into things. Um, it seems like Afropunk will always be there, though, because it started in, what, 2005 in Brooklyn. And since then, it's just grown and expanded to other cities. They got some in Atlanta. I believe they got some in the West Coast. But its attendance is at over 70,000 people now. And it's a festival with, like, live music, fashion, and art all produced by black artists. Um, and I actually have something here from their website about who we are. Afropunk is a vibe, guys. Okay, get into this. This is on their website, afropunk.com. Who are we? Afro, as in born in, born of African spirit and heritage. See also black, see also rhythm and color. See also other, see also as in rebel, opposing the simple route imbued with a DIY ethic, looking forward with simplicity, rawness and open curiosity. See also others, see also Afropunk is defining culture by the collective creative actions of the individual and the group. It is a safe place, a safe place, a blank space to freak out in, to construct a new reality, to live your life as you see fit while making the sense while well, making sense of the world around you. So Afropunk is essentially a vibe. <laughs> um, and, and it's, you know, it's just like, it's a place where 
obvious black representation is put on a pedestal in a way that and won't necessarily would be at in the other spaces of the black community um and which is important as well because even within the black community there are so many different types of groups that you know that deserve their own space and deserve their own voices as well um and platforms um things like carnival you know where carnival is right Ty? i do actually because <laughs> i mean i think i found out about it i was like trouble but like you know artists like Nicki Minaj and Rihanna, who are from the Caribbean, like, well, I was talking about, like, that subculture of Black people. Yo, do you remember the Pound Alarm video? Yeah, yeah. But I see, the- back then, I wasn't thinking about it, because I was, like, a little young. I just thought it was, like, a, I just thought it was a party, but I didn't know it was, like, a carnival. But, yeah, yeah. like, that's just their, like, their, like, their sub-part of being in the Black community. Like, how are yeah. obviously all Black, but, like, they have a little bit of, like, different uh, customs, like, their foods, like, oxtail is like it's like my favorite dish from like the jamaicans no like, for real. <laughs> you know i love um what else is there their food that I, love. I love you know jamaican patties i love i don't know i just love a lot of stuff about it but i've never been to a carnival yet unfortunately but yeah, yeah you know the stuff they dress up in the little costumes with the feathers and yeah, the i haven't clothes. been to a carnival either i really would love to go i know miami uh, has one but they do every october yeah. <laughs> every october shout out to all my friends who are listening to this that went to carnival this year mm-hmm. uh i saw a hell of people with amazing outfits I tell you i need to ask you if you went to carnival like what's your color choice like what what colors are you are you wearing probably like a lime green which is like you know a, a baby blue like a little orange I was like, okay okay I was, already. I was like that's like the main colors i see is that a lime green with the baby blue, a lime and orange? Green, yeah, with the baby blue. okay okay my friend's sliding out you're gonna have to search up some costumes let me see um, um. <laughs> Okay, I would wear something, something, something lavender, lavender, like purple oh, yeah. lavender, uh huh, lavender, red, and or or like a silver. That's that's mm-hmm. what I, yeah, that's what I'd be wearing. Oh my god, they have like a lot of male costumes too. Like it looks so similar to like the female costumes. See, I'm looking at them right now. They look so good. <laughs> they like, do. This, are we even allowed <laughs> to wear this? Like since we're not even a part of the costume. <laughs> What do you mean? Like, uh, not, like I'm not. We're not from Trinidad. We're not from Barbados. I mean, like, you don't, and that's the thing, though. Like, you don't need to be. There's a difference between appreciating a culture and appropriating a culture. Okay, um, so here we go. We got to make sure to get yeah. outfits for like, it. No, because like I am of Caribbean descent, but I did not grow up in Caribbean culture. You feel me? So like, it, there's like a line though. Like you know, there's still a line of like me like learning my culture. Yeah. And and everything as well. So like I, but like that's a part of like black culture is what I'm saying. The fact that we have events like carnival, wherever a carnival would be, whether it's in Miami or in your respective like country, city, whatever. Um, it's just cool though because these are events that have taken place years ago as ways for people to have that time to to celebrate their culture their values um their customs um to dance and celebrate you know whereas we were so like oppressed in those respective like places for so long so like we kind of like use you know it's changed in a way i think there's it gets deeper than that i can't really give you guys more info but like look into like the history of like carnival as well like it's it's pretty profound and it's amazing 
There's a lot but, of things going on, so you gotta make sure or your outfit for this carnival. Cause I'm looking no, at this, for real. I'm looking at this right now, and there's a lot of body being shown. <laughs> the male, so I gotta, yeah, I gotta up it, especially a little head. <laughs> definitely, definitely, but not just it. events. Um, not just events, though, guys. Uh, in your respective communities too, there are groups in your communities that you guys can be a part of that um, are for Black representation, that are for diversifying the workforce. Um, uh, we have a couple here, like Facebook groups. There are groups like the Broward County Black-Owned Businesses. Um, I, I've, as you guys know, we are a Florida organization. Um, Wayne Tay and I and myself, we are spread out throughout Florida and Broward County, Palm Beach County, um, um, uh, Dade County, um, Martin County, and Unilever County. These are all like South Florida counties that we are all like kind of affiliated with in one shape, form, or another. And so groups like Broward County Black-Owned Businesses or Black-Owned Businesses, Black-Owned Businesses of Florida, these are like great places to go and network and to kind of immerse yourself in and kind of like see like what's out there that's near you that you can be a part of or that you can kind of like add on when it comes to representation do you feel like you don't see any black businesses in your area i'm sure there are you just gotta you just gotta do a little digging you feel me um and i feel like when we get to a point where it's not going to be like that it's going to feel like pretty awesome i feel like in certain in certain areas it kind of already feels like that for some people like in atlanta they're black owned businesses like left and right you feel me like like left and right <laughs> but right. uh what's so up I'm gonna, don't i'm not gonna let you forget that we're going to a carnival now huh oh okay okay yes yeah let's do it let okay. it let's go let's go we go into a carnival <laughs> all right guys on that note we're gonna head off we're gonna head into our intermission and we're gonna ask you guys some trivia questions we'll be back it's your host wayne tajay Devonte carter and we are the my new kings we'll be right back yay all right so before we get into our community questions for the episode we have a short trivia for our listeners try your best to guess the correct answer to these questions about our episode on black representation Question one, how many active black networks are there? Question two, this screenwriter and director is famous for creating the following TV shows, Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder, Grey's Anatomy, and Private Practice. Question three, who are the founders of Black Lives Matter? Check your answers at the end of the episode to see if you guessed any right. Now back to our episode where we answer some questions from our community. Hey guys, welcome back. Um, we just finished our intermission and we're gonna go ahead and get started with some questions that we have for black representation. So when we talk about black representation, you think about different role models in your respective, uh, in your respective like career, in your respective uh, like workforce, um, in your life, um, in your personal life. And so we wrote down a couple of different uh, black role models that we want to talk about or types of black role models that we want to talk about or and feel represented uh, by. And so, hey, I want to ask you, who are your black non-binary role models? OK, for me, it was going to be Indian War because of the show Pose. And it's so great that seeing somebody who's non-binary represents you on the TV show. Which OK, OK. Like, which obviously is like LGBT people, but, you know, um, 
that really like um when people think of lgbt they just think of like gay uh, bisexual you know straight. yeah well straight is lgbt but i mean like in the sexuality way but um and seeing somebody who is still representing as like non-binary but people still see um them but also her because you know they still use she her pronouns yeah and seeing her as like a feminine figure is still like uh taking her natural self like she doesn't believe in like shaving her armpits but you know even though, like i shave my armpits but it's just so nice seeing somebody who like goes with what they want to go by because you know it's like looked down upon for uh, people who are like feminine presenting to shave their armpits and people who are like masculine presenting to shave the armpits people sorry but people who are feminine presenting to not shave the armpits that's what yeah. I mean. yeah but also i just want to say that they're also very amazing looking in that statement like the hair oh my gosh indian Moore is a badass bitch if y'all haven't seen <laughs> or heard of them like you need to check out india Moore in pose um oh my gosh yeah when it comes to non-binary representation i believe the biggest that i've seen besides pose was in sex education uh on netflix i don't know if you've seen that show um but there's a, a non a black non-binary character in there as well and i don't want to ruin the show for anybody but a big theme or aspect of the show was um their kind their identity kind of being challenged um at school you know uh they were being criticized for the way that they dressed uh for the bathroom uh that they were choosing to use um it was a really interesting uh way that they told this individual story because it wasn't even it wasn't even in a way that felt um like relatable um like just from any typical person which was what was really cool to me because i was just like wow like it really like gave me the kind of like mindset and perspective for what it must feel like for a non-binary a non-binary person to kind of like grow up in society and kind of be like challenged whether it be by the school system or by like their family or friends even on how they like uh how they choose to express themselves and just live their life you feel me um love that yeah no sex education y'all yeah, get into it if you want to oh, you know, know. Watch something cute. now you're gonna make yeah. me i'm supposed to be studying but i'm gonna go watch this yeah no definitely it's on the new season too it is on that new season that they introduce <laughs> that character and they are awesome and they're gonna make you love non-binary people even more if you already don't uh <laughs> all right but, wait um, so uh, who's who's your who is your black lgbt role model um, As if I, I don't know the answer already, because before uh, we came over this, you've been talking about them and just talking about. Oh them. well, I got hella. Don't worry, I got a lot. I got a lot. I already mentioned uh, Billy Porter. Um, Billy Porter co-starred with India Moore and Pose. Um, Pose is a great show, a great show for Black representation and Black LGBTQ plus IA representation. Um, telling Black stories, um, telling Black stories. Uh, in ways that you wouldn't necessarily hear otherwise from other people or other creators. I think uh, it's, I'm not sure it's Ryan Murphy, a creator or producer of Pose, but Ryan Murphy, I feel like does a great job in, in his shows when it comes to uh, telling He's stories. White. Ryan Murphy is white, but I think he does a great job of telling stories and not just like LGBT, um, um, Q plus, uh, um stories but like of uh just stories in general um from people from all different backgrounds and ethnicities um so i think that was really dope um oh my gosh uh frank ocean i got into that frank ocean 
open the door, but there's so many other LGBT um, artists, rappers out there. We got Tyler the Creator now. We have Kevin Abstract. Can we talk about Mississippi? What's up? <laughs> Mississippi. Mississippi by Kevin Abstract. <laughs> Oh man! Oh man! Oh gosh! That's actually let's not talk about it. I want people to listen to it. (laughs) Yeah, guys, go listen to Mississippi by Kevin Abstract and then come tell us what you think about it. But I mean, come on! Like in 2012, were you not even in 2012? But like, yeah, in 2012, were we able to say that we had like so many LGBT Black LGBT artists to like to listen to? No, you were not. Everybody was like in the closet. That part. And, you know, here we are in 2021. We got options. And people get mad about it. <laughs> and we got options and people are getting mad about it, too. Like like Little Nas and, and uh, what's his? Little, little, little who? What's his little Butchie. Little, <laughs> little Boosie. <laughs> the Little Nas and Little Boosie thing. Um, isn't that an interesting situation, though, Tay? Yeah, come like, with theories about black gay people and what they're yeah, doing, yada, yada, yada. Definitely. When it's just like, there's an excuse to, you know, to um, solidify their homophobia, whatever. It's crazy. And we're talking about black representation. Um, and if you, if you can't, if black representation doesn't include gay black representation, queer black representation, then non-binary it's black representation, trans black trans representation, then it's not black representation because uh, we all fit under the umbrella, and that's something that's super important. That people like Little Nas, Frank Ocean, India Moore, um, Billy Porter are or out here doing the active work that you don't have to separate your black identity from your career identity, whatever that identity may be. You know, you can be black and you can be gay. You can be black and you can be trans. You can be black and you could be non-binary. You feel me? These identities can be one and the same and you can own both of them 100% as you should see fit. And people are mad that you and just people are just mad because they don't get it you know what i mean like i think that's just what it is and they don't need to get it you see homeboys out here thriving you feel me hello tay oh i thought it was like a rhetorical question yeah, I mean, I, I could have, I could have kept going, but I was like, oh, I probably was rambling for a second. Let me, let me let Tay it on. No, actually, that's the point of him. Oh, that's the point of Lil Nas making ministry baby because like he didn't want people to like he was just there to fall off or whatever. He wanted to be like, I think he really wants to be like somebody who's well known and happy for who he is, and not like. Because you know when he first came out, he didn't really come out when he first made a song, Old Town Road. Right. And people are already speculating about him being gay. So, oh, for real? Yeah. From his old Twitter account, but... Oh, I heard about that. <laughs> now that he came out on, on terms. Yeah. But, um... Actually, there's um, there's some tea. I don't know. I don't want to... I don't want to, um... Make anybody uncomfortable saying this, but uh, Playboy Cardi... These last two days, some drama about him being bisexual. Playboy Cardi, because his hairdresser apparently outed him as bisexual because he did something and now she got angry about what he did. I think, like, she got removed, like, from backstage because she wanted to go for free or something like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
Well, I, I don't know anything about that. I can't speak on that. I can't be dragged <laughs> for it. So, um, love Playboy Cardi though. Um, that mm-hmm. verse with Nikki, lit. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, okay, yeah, that uh, black LGBT role models. There, you know, there are a lot of them out there. Um, I named a few. Uh, who else can be talking about? But Issa Rae sticks out for you, right? What's up? I'm like, yeah, black woman. Of course, as a black woman as well, as, but as a black role model, period. Um, I feel like she's just done so much for the community, so much for for her people, not just for people as in black people, but for like the citizens of like the Bay in California, just like through her work and with an insecure and awkward black girl. Um, this is somebody who literally took the idea for me for black representation and like catapulted it into like my life. Um, I feel like uh, I was introduced uh, to Issa Rae like three years ago and I found out about Insecure and it was actually at Wayne's house, right? Uh, it was during the hurricane. I want to say, it was, I don't know, it was Murray or something, but his sisters were watching it. Everyone's binge watching it. I like come and I found out about the show. I ended up binge watching it with them. I ended up going home and restarting it and binge watching it up until the current season. And I've just been following the show ever since, right? Mm-hmm. But Issa Rae, Tay, have you ever watched Insecure? I've never heard of that show, to be honest. Okay, so it's basically about a show um, Issa Rae has written um, centered around uh, this woman and her best friend and just how they navigate their lives um, as um, women who are single slash in relationships, but just going through like young adulthood in their 20s um, into their early 30s and whatnot. And um, it just really like navigates like that lifestyle, but in a way that isn't necessarily like the same as what we've seen before. And that's the thing about black representation. Um, I feel like it's important to highlight stories that are unique, that aren't, that haven't been told before. Because like we said, you know, there's this whole um, stereotype or archetype of Black culture and the Black community and a lot of perspectives in a lot of other communities where it's like, you know, not everybody had had some rough come up or something like that, you know what I mean? Or not everybody is from like a disadvantaged neighborhood, not everybody's from a wealthy neighborhood. Everybody from the swamps. Every, everybody's from different places. And so in Issa Rae's case with Insecure is like, she wrote that show based on, uh, in Cali, you know what I mean? in uh, LA, you know what I mean, or, or whatever. I don't I don't know the exact, I don't want to be uh, specific in location, but it was also like kind of uh, cultivating and, and savoring the culture of the area where like she's from. And I love that she did that within her show because she preserved the hip hop culture, the black culture within that show as well. Um, and not only just within the show and how she did that, but in how she wrote her characters as well. We wanted to touch on today um, about how Issa Rae writes black men. And so we do have a little clip from a little video. Um, Tay, you want to, let's share that video with us real quick. Things that white producers think a black show has to be about in order to be relatable to black people. Instead, it focuses on relatable human stories that anyone should be able to connect to just with an undeniable black tone that makes it extra special for those black viewers. Now, before I get into the black man on Insecure, because that's what this episode is about, it's important to first recognize that for the most part, these men are privileged compared to their counterparts in the episode from a couple of weeks ago. 
Insecure is a show written for and about upscale professionals coming from relative privilege and working white collar jobs. In isolation, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. The variety of black stories being told these days is one of the best things about black media. I bring this up though, because I think it's important to recognize that the black men in media, the characters that I mentioned in the last video, they go through daily challenges and unresolved trauma and all kinds of shit that these characters from this show don't have. A guy like OG Bobby Johnson couldn't go on a spirit journey while he's trying to find his son and make his way through prison. I think it's important to keep in mind that the whole idea of self-actualization is at the top of a hierarchy of needs and that everybody isn't gonna get there and everybody doesn't have to get there to be a quality person. Everybody isn't gonna read Bell Hooks and Angela Davis. Everybody isn't gonna go to undergrad at HBCU. And I think the world and social media would be a much better place if people were more reflective of this dichotomy and more accepting of the flaws and limitations of our own people. But let me get off my soapbox for a second. Anyway, unlike the leading man and fuckboys mentioned in part one, the men on Insecure are nuanced and despite being mostly side characters and maybe not even appearing in every season or sometimes only appearing in a few episodes, they managed to display images of black masculinity that just haven't been present in Hollywood. Take for instance, Jared. Jared does have most of the markings of aspirational masculinity, but he's lacking the money. Like he's not a high earner or overly successful, but he is attractive. He's good in bed and Molly enjoys herself when she's with him. She also even tests his character by showing up at his house drunk, horny, and unannounced, to which he does the only appropriate thing to do in that situation. But later, when he casually reveals that he once had a sexual experience with another man, all of those clear markers of his quality, all the good things that he was up until that point are reduced to that one transgressive act in Molly's eyes. And her attraction to him fades almost instantly. She makes veiled attempts to reconcile what she sees and has experienced with this man versus what she has been taught to believe and expect from a straight black man. This is Molly's core arc in the very first season and it sets the tone that this show will not shy away from looking at patriarchy from different angles that other shows usually don't bother to, which is probably something that grabbed a lot of male viewers attention. And we pretty much never see how patriarchy negatively can affect a heterosexual man, especially a heterosexual black man. Of course, this is mostly because heterosexual men benefit the most from the system and write most of these stories or they either don't know or don't care, but it's still a thing to see and this moment was probably where I was hooked on the show. So yeah, <clears throat> in that video, uh, the gentleman he mentioned how self-actualization is at the top of the hierarchy needs uh, for humans. Um, and he's right. Um, at the bottom, it's psychological, then it's safety, then it's love and belonging, um, then it's uh, your esteem, your self-esteem, confidence, um, and then it's self-actualization. So when it comes to Black representation or representation at all, you know, people need that that reinforcement. We want to feel that self-actualization uh, in ourselves, uh, whether it's through morality, creativity, uh, uh, problem-solving, lack of prejudice, acceptance of facts, um, self-actualization <clears throat> is at the top for a reason. And I really feel like when it comes to artists writing, uh, when it comes to artists writing or anybody writing a character 
representing somebody else. It's cool that people like Issa Rae can really go outside of the box and really dig deep into the uniqueness that, yeah, people are different. Uh, Black people are hella different. Um, And, you know, we should expect this kind of behavior in, in Black media, especially moving forward because it's only gotten better it's only getting better um and it's it's just changing rapidly and growing rapidly in such amazing ways um i remember when we were younger say uh what kind of shows what black tv shows that we have when we were younger that were that well, were, so we were younger so what about little bill little bill yeah little bill <laughs> little bill is <laughs> iconic for black representation yes little bill what about that's the raven <laughs> That's where Raven was awesome. The Proud Family. Uh-huh. Yeah. Shout out! Shout out to the Gross Sisters. <laughs> uh, hmm. It's just I feel like I like the Johnsons, but I never. I was never really the Johnsons. I didn't really watch the Johnsons, but the Johnsons were was literally I and please somebody at me on this, but I want to say was the first. Disney Channel, like Black Disney Channel TV show, um, or like like four black cast, something like that on Disney Channel. I thought it was Nickelodeon. No, the Johnsons. Uh, what I believe it, I want to say they were Disney Channel. Um, let's look that up actually. Mm-hmm. Well, it's definitely not the strange thing about the Johnsons. <laughs> hmm. I'm not so sure if it's even the Johnsons anymore. I can't really find it. I know, so, it's like, it's a strange thing about the Johnsons. Yeah, well, so we'll 86 this segment out of the episode and we'll just move right along, <laughs> um, which is fine. But uh, uh, going from here, um, Wayne- The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh, that was pretty awesome. That was a pretty awesome show mm-hmm. as far as black representation goes and you know cali culture and and i don't i, I don't i don't know I, I do feel a west coast vibe from the fresh prince of bel air yeah but like a black west coast vibe <laughs> it, it is bel air <laughs> but um oh gosh uh girlfriends mm-hmm. that was lit um i believe they're free they're re uh they're re- not redoing, but they've revamped that show and it's coming back. Um, there are awesome modern shows like Dear White People. Have you seen Dear White People? I heard it, but I haven't seen it. You should watch it. Uh, their last season is very much like Glee. Um, I wasn't here for it, but I definitely ended up here for it by the end of the show. I mean, they oh, really, yeah. they the show is over um, with uh, their season four that just aired on uh, recently i think they just recently uploaded um episodes on netflix you guys should go check that out but even that show and the way that the creators of that show and the actors the way that they brought um their expression onto the show they really hands down for black representation i mean the whole show is about black representation uh it's amazing uh the way that uh black media is really starting to transcend transcend and change the game uh for black creators and for black representation out there but um moving forward guys that concludes our questions uh we want to want to get into why we're even talking about this uh a little bit of a call to action um basically we want you guys to take away from this 
uh, why representation should be important to you. If hearing us talk about representation for like the last 40, 30 minutes doesn't make you want to go out there and 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 get into some things in your community or or to go and look up uh, some people who who inspire you or who you want to uh, just get more involved uh, with uh, as well, then let us help you out. Let us help you out. If you are a person, if you are a person in a position of power, diversify your leadership board. Tay, if you are a person in a position of power, uh, diversify your leadership board. What does that even mean, diversify your leadership board? So personally, I think that means like you just have to get out there and like explain your horizon of the people that you meet from different backgrounds, different cultures. But it also means that you can't just like, you can't, when you think of diversifying, you can't like say like, you can't do that like black people from like, uh, I don't know, like country. Like this is, a small, this is just a small example. Like you have to like really think deep into it, like people who are like light skin, dark skin, people who are from like different yeah. nationalities of black people. Like yeah. for instance, like I know black people who are like from like Russia and people never really think of yeah. that. When they think of like different, like diversifying. Yeah. Because there are, there are black Russians, there are black Asians, you know what I'm saying? Um, there are, you know, there are black uh, Latinos. Uh, the black community is very grand and vast out there. Um, so when we say diversify your leadership board, we don't just even mean like just keeping it black. You know what I mean? There are other groups. You know, it's important to have people in power in positions of power who are going to be thinking about um, these groups. You know what I mean? These are how we do not marginalize. Uh, uh, certain ethnic groups and keeping them left uh, left out. And when we say uh, certain uh, ethnic groups, I mean um, people with uh, like racial minorities. I mean uh, age uh, uh, gaps. I mean religious minorities. You know what I mean? Like all of the all of these people, as you can see, Q plus uh, are all in under that umbrella for sure. Uh, yeah, but also if you are. Um if you're an entertainer who's underground or artist who's underground mm-hmm. or just um i don't know you don't even have to be a shane artist you can just be like a very cool person who has hobbies that you just want to include people in like yeah it's okay for you to restrict it to like like it's okay for you to restrict it to like um black people only if it's like your community if you just want to like finally put the spotlight on us you know definitely and, and people will get uncomfortable with that and that's their problem because like everybody else has been doing it so like why can't we no for real and that's how you create space for for black representation in your own life you mean if no one's creating space for black representation in your life you create black representation uh you create space for black representation in your life um that's kind of how what we're doing right now with this podcast yeah so hoarding, like, <laughs> hoarding like black businesses like if we you know tie in with somebody who has their own business we're not afraid we're not afraid but we're not um we're definitely not gonna hold back or giving them shout outs and promoting them. Like, it's like a, a, um, a win-win that they promote us because we're also technically a black business, so like a podcast too. Yeah, um, it's very much like when it comes to like, like if if you win, we all win kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and and I love that in black media, especially in, in black music culture, 
Um, I really feel this shift changing. I feel, I feel this is, it's awesome because I feel like the direction that we're going in is that direction. It's a good direction. And I just feel it becoming more inclusive of all groups with under the community in the black community, because we even as a collective, we're realizing how different we all are, but we're trying to connect that and, and, and real and be aware of that at the same time. Um, I think it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. <laughs> this is where you have to make sure you, you support the black businesses because like, if, you know, I think it's just like a no brainer when people are like, like, do you see how hard it is for somebody who's like black to come up in like this country, obviously. So that's why we really need each other to uh, put each other in the spotlight and um, on the post so everybody knows about it. You know, it's because it's hard enough already to really do need each other. Definitely. On that note, guys, on that note, um, I want to thank you guys for for tuning in and having this conversation with us about Black representation. Uh, definitely, I hope you guys took a lot from this. If you guys have any information about Black representation, you guys got any Black artists, Black businesses out there that you uh, want to share with us, please send them our way. And we want to talk about um, talk about it, talk about it with you. Um, and yeah, um, Tay, do you have anything else you want to add and say to our friends? Yep. Please make sure you still follow us on the Minute Kings on Instagram. Check out our YouTube. Check out our Patreon, and also um, check out our Twitter. Yes, uh, our website, themynewkings.com. If you'd like to be a guest host on one of our future episodes uh, coming up, you can sign up there. The early access episodes are all located on our Patreon. You can sign up for that there. Um, if you uh, want to get a head start on viewing some of these episodes as they are being released, and you can get um, some exclusive content, some behind the scenes content as well. All of that will be available on, on our Patreon. You guys can keep up with us on our Instagram and Twitter page. And we are so excited to see you guys next week. Next week, we should have Wayne back. We'll have the whole game back. I'm healed. Wayne will be back. Tay will be here. And we're going to get into some things. <laughs> but thank you anyway, guys so much. Thank you guys for coming. I really appreciate it. And have a nice night. We are hosts, Wayne Tajay. Devontae Carter. And we're out. Signing <laughs> out. Thanks for watching our third episode. We appreciate the love and support everyone has given us so far. And if you have any questions for us, check out our website at www.theminutekings.com. Did you catch our call to actions for the episode? If you are in a position of power, diversify your leadership board. If you're an underrepresented creator or entertainer, don't be afraid to exclusively include your community in your work. Last but not least, support Black creators and businesses. There are events like Afropunk and Carnival that do a good job representing the underrepresented. Now here are the answers to the trivia held in our intermission. How many active Black networks are there? 11 as of January 2019. This screenwriter and director is famous for creating the following TV shows. Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder, Grey's Anatomy, and Private Practice. Shonda Rhimes. Who are the founders of Black Lives Matter? Alicia Garza, Patrice Coulors, and Opal Tometi. 
I hope you guys enjoyed our quiz for black representation. To wrap up, I want to encourage you to join us as a guest if you want to participate in our discussions of various topics. We would love to have your perspective and we can make it worth your while if you have something you would like us to promote during our episodes. Check out our website for more info and how we can support your community. Thank you again for your support. With all that being said, be a leader, educate yourself, and create space in your communities. Catch you guys later. Welcome to the My New Kings. It's Wayne here, and I'm excited to share with you our third episode of season one. Our team has worked hard to provide support for our community by highlighting the causes that deserve recognition, and so we're glad that you're here to join us on our mission to leave the world better than how we found it. Our topic for this episode is Black representation. I'm so excited to share our conversation with you guys because we will be touching on things like Black role models, events, and entertainment from a practical, modern, and historical perspective. So without further ado, I present you our third episode. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The My New Kings. We are your hosts, Wayne Tajay. Devontae Carter. And Wayne Messam. Unfortunately, Wayne is not here with us tonight, um, but you got me back again. Um, last week, I was not here for our episode of our uh, Black Women topic. However, I have overcame the flu and I'm back and I'm better and we're going to get into some things tonight. <laughs> uh, so today, what is the topic that we're discussing today? We're going to be speaking about Black representation today. Okay, Black representation. We love it. We love to see it. We love to hear about it. Uh, black representation. Let's just get into it, right? Okay, Wayne. So um, for you, what does Black representation mean to you personally? Black representation to me it means how we engage in storytelling and passing down or passing over knowledge um, and sharing art, uh, amplifying voices of people who otherwise necessarily wouldn't be heard. Uh, so Black representation for me is seeing people in certain positions of power or, or status where they're able to amplify those voices of people. I think what is um, black representation to you? I think sorry for interrupting you. No, um, you're good, you're good. I don't know. I think that black representation is just like the differentiation of like black people and what they bring. Like, you know, I love those black people that represent yeah. those who've grown up in like um different types of communities. Like obviously we are a community, but it's like different types of sub communities, like those who grew up you know, not so wealthy in like the little um, southern places or just like, you know, <laughs> small families in the south or yeah, like, or you can be, uh, you know, one of those black families that grew up, you know, pretty wealthy, like in the suburbs. I don't know, it's just nice seeing like different parts of the black community and like, like that shows us in different, uh, different spotlights. Absolutely. No, that's important. Um, I think a lot of people, especially if you're not a part of the Black community, when you think about the Black community, a lot of people, even in 2021, have a very, like, kind of fixated mindset or, like, an overall kind of stereotype or archetype of what, you know, the Black community consists of or is about. So I guess with that being said, Tay, let me throw this question at you first. Who do you feel best represents you as members of the Black community? Um, 
I'm going to be a little bit uh, cliche on this to say that, um, you know, Rihanna is a pretty good uh, inspiration for me because like... Ooh, back row re-ring? Yeah, having someone who built an empire from becoming a... Um, you know, she was born in the Barbados. Um, everybody knows that. But, you know, coming up here to America mm-hmm. and from nothing to something and like becoming a billionaire off of becoming a singer. Because, you know, most singers don't. I think that most singers kind of fall off the face of yeah. the earth because they can't, you know, sustain. Um, they can't sustain themselves in like the spotlight for that long. So yeah. it's pretty nice seeing that. And then she made her own, her own label for herself. So it's pretty nice. No, yeah, definitely. You know, Rihanna, she came in, she changed the game several times yeah. and in several different ways. <laughs> uh, okay, but what about you? What about me? Yeah, uh, what about you? Ah, uh, man. Uh, who represents me best uh, as a member of the Black community? Um, there's so many people that come to my mind when I think about it. Uh, I guess like top three, like right off rip. Frank Ocean, love Frank oh, Ocean. Oh. Yeah, um, Billy the Porter. That, uh, the way that uh, what's the song called? Oh my gosh, back when we were like fifteen. Um, oh, which one? Because there are several. No, the big song he made, the Tornado for my room song. Uh huh. Oh, think, thinking about you. Yeah, uh, you know think about you. Yeah, no, for real. I was about like thirteen years old when he performed it at the 2012 MTV. Movie, uh, music awards um, and that was around the time I think he had his whole like you know coming out like thing or whatnot. but like 13? yeah that was in 2012 oh, 15, that was in 2012 that was oh in my 20, gosh. wait 2012 I, yeah 2012 I was like 8th grade going to ninth grade I feel like I was like 13 I don't know teenager you know barely a teenager though um, he really he, yeah finding myself in this world as you know as a black queer cisgendered man and here I have somebody like you know coming on like MTV you know spilling his heart out for another man and he looks like me and I was like whoa like there are actually like people out here like you know like you know identifying the same way that I do um so yeah he definitely he definitely set the tone I guess for my growth and adolescence following um Billy Porter and my identity yeah Billy Porter is another person. Um, oh, yeah, Billy as well. Porter is, I feel like he made a name for himself the last few years because people just like recognize him. Even though I didn't really recognize him. Yeah. Like, besides American Horror Story, but like, yo. That's actually how I, now. As I got introduced to him through American Horror Story and then I just like fell in love with his other works. Like, I found out um, his uh, how he played in Kinky Boots and, you know, how his career took off from there. And um, you know his uh, his role in Pose as well. Um, yeah. He's a fa- fashion icon, literally. Like Billy Porter is such an amazing person. Um, okay. And so, who, I, who was your third? Uh, who's my third? James Baldwin. <laughs> James Baldwin. Uh, he is James Baldwin is dead, y'all. I don't know if you know who James Baldwin is. He's an American uh, poet, uh, author, novelist. Uh, you know, essayist. Um, activist, but uh, James Baldwin is also black and queer. But you know, he is coming from the lens of the 20th century, you know. But to be able to identify with his life in 2021 in the 21st century um, as well, and also finding about him kind of later in life as well, um, and being able to connect to somebody 
Um, yeah, he's up there for me too. Those are like, okay, those are like my top three. Of course, I got so many. I got a lot of, a lot more, but like, we can get into that a little bit later. But um, that, I mean, that's why it's important though. Like these people kind of like help me grow up. They help shape my identity, my values and stuff. So, you know, I guess that goes into like the next question of the, this conversation is like, why is representation important to you personally? Um, and like, why should it be? Well, because we're obviously minorities and we need representation because people ignored us in the earlier years. Like mm-hmm. TV was just filled with whites and just, that's just how it was. Definitely. Um, I think I said it earlier. I was like, uh, I said misrepresentation and lack of diversity kind of marginalizes communities. And so when you don't really have people in certain spaces, speaking for you or kind of just like speaking on behalf of you in relation to your specific experience you kind of feel like left out and no one wants to feel left out no kid wants to feel left out as they're growing out no adult wants to feel left out you know in social settings you know we're social beings so it's literally in our dna to want to feel connected to each other um and so representation in any shape or form is importante you feel me you feel us <laughs> um, okay Wayne. Um, <laughs> why do you feel that chad boss bosman sorry was such an important member of the black community chad who chad bosman chad, chad bosman sorry chad chadwick no chadwick, Ch- chad, chadwick bosman yeah because Okay, most people know about Chadwick. <laughs> um, Chadwick Boseman. Do you know who he is? He's in Black Panther. Yes, he was in Black Panther. Hold I on. think that's obviously when I first you know found out about him. Honestly, not gonna lie, same. Well, yeah, because that movie was like huge on Black. Like it wasn't even like me, honestly. Like when I saw it, I was just like, okay. And I'm yeah. not gonna get cut for this, but I never watched the movie yet, unfortunately. You never um, seen Black Panther? Never seen it. I haven't seen Avengers. Wakanda! No! Wait, you never seen Avengers either? Okay. I Mind you, y'all, so I went on a date to go see the Avengers and I deadass fell asleep like while I was in there. And I never finished watching like the rest of that movie, but I did, I did see the last one and I've seen all the other Marvel movies, so you can't drag me completely. But, um, oh gosh. Black Panther though, that's I can't excuse that. Hey, it's 2021. You still haven't seen it. If you haven't seen Chadwick Boseman and Black Panther, if you haven't seen Michael B. Jordan and Black Panther, like if y'all haven't, ooh, that soundtrack, that Kendrick Lamar soundtrack. I have a song on my Spotify that I know with a little necklace going around, but I didn't, I didn't <laughs> no. watch the movie. Yeah, but um, Chadwick Boseman, he's a pretty iconic person, or he was a pretty iconic person. Unfortunately, he passed away a few years ago due to colon cancer. But um, Actually, my he, uncle has cancer. Um, we're, okay, this is like random, sorry, but we're having a Thanksgiving thing for him because we're not sure if he's going to make it uh, before Thanksgiving comes around. He has a uh, prostate cancer, so... Uh-huh. No, that's. I'm glad that you guys are doing that. Everybody's getting together. Um, yeah. It, it is a. It's unfortunate where you know it's a 
unfortunate circumstance that brings people together but the fact that you guys are brought together you know to be able to celebrate him is amazing you know what i mean and i feel like we don't do that enough um at all especially with people like chadwick boseman you know what i mean like we we've had him but maybe we didn't give him the certain flowers that we should have while he was here you know what i mean in appreciation like this man played jackie robinson 42 he played james brown and get on up uh apparently he played third good marshall and marshall like he played a lot of iconic black uh people throughout history and that's All why right. people love him that's why people love him but that ties into the next question uh, what up? do you think do you think like what do you what do you think that he represents best like what would that be um, I, I think, think he. I think that represents stress. To be honest, like all his roles were just like stress. I don't. I don't no, know. No, not stress. Strength. Strength. Okay. Yeah. Yes. 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 I thought you said stress. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wait. Go. Go into that. His roles representing strength. Because I, I, I was reading an article earlier about him, and someone said something a bit similar. Um, you know, people think of like the stereotypical like a uh, black man wants to be like you know leader and provider i just think that you know he does that pretty well that's what i just think like he's him denzel i don't know it was just that's what i know yeah definitely i was reading this article earlier um written by kareem jabbar who is an author and columnist and fun fact a former nba hall of famer uh but he wrote this about uh chadwick and he said that he was and is a celluloid monument as powerful as the lincoln memorial a visual manifestation of the qualities african-americans strive for so that his name itself conjures the image of a black man with integrity integrity and courage someone devoted to truth and an unwillingness to compromise his principles and so like for you to just like sit here all that and say like he kind of like embody strength a lot of people feel that in a lot of different ways and i feel like that's awesome you know like I hope they agree with me this is somebody who we lost but you know because of his work and the way that he he expressed himself as an actor and as an artist you know his story but not only his story but the stories that he was able to tell will always live on and i feel like that is kind of the essence of what we're trying to get at when we talk about mm-hmm. black representation which is pretty cool um, and not just not it's not just people that can give us that, but there are events out there too as well. Um, and so we're gonna move on a little bit and talk about some of those events. Um, the hmm. first one is gonna be um, Afropunk Fest, but you mentioned it to me. I don't know much about it to be honest. Afropunk. Yeah, yeah. I just know that they um, usually invite like black artists to come, like underground black artists, is what she said. Okay, so yeah, Afropunk guys, if you have not heard about Afropunk Fest. I'm telling you right now. All right, bet. Okay, Afropunk is lit. I have not gone to Afropunk myself yet, but I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Are we gonna go? Yeah, no, I'm definitely gonna go. Um, yeah. You know, we, we coming out of COVID. You know, I'm taking my time <laughs> going to back to all these festivals and getting into things. Um, it seems like Afropunk will always be there though, because it started in what 2005 in Brooklyn, and since then it's just grown and expanded to other cities. They got some in Atlanta. I believe they got some in the West Coast. But its attendance is at over 70,000 people now, and it's a festival with like live music, fashion and art all produced by black artists um and i actually have something here from their website about who we are afropunk is a vibe guys okay get into this 
this is on their website afropunk.com who are we afro as in born in born of african spirit and heritage see also black see also rhythm and color see also other see also as in rebel opposing the simple route imbued with a diy ethic looking forward with simplicity rawness and open curiosity see also other see also afropunk is defining culture by the collective creative actions of the individual and the group it is a safe place a safe place a blank space to freak out in to construct a new reality to live your life as you see fit while making the sense while making sense of the world around you so afropunk is essentially a vibe <laughs> um and and it's you know it's just like it's a place where obvious black representation is put on a pedestal in a way that and won't necessarily would be at in other spaces of the black community um and which is important as well because even within the black community there are so many different types of groups that you know that deserve their own space and deserve their own voices as well um and platforms um things like carnival you know what carnival is right Ty? I do actually because <laughs> I mean I think I found out about it when I was like 12 but like you know artists like Nicki Minaj and Rihanna who are from the Caribbean like while well, I was talking about like that subculture of black people yo <laughs> do you remember the pound alarm video yeah yeah but I went to the- back then I wasn't thinking about it because I was like a little young I just thought it was like a I just thought it was a party but I didn't know it was like a carnival but yeah, yeah. like that's just their like they're like their sub part of being in the black community like how yeah. obviously all black but like they have a little bit of, like different uh, customs, like their foods, like oxtails, and like it's like my favorite dish from like the Jamaicans. No like, <laughs> you know, I love um, what else is there? Their food that I love. I love you know Jamaican patties. I love. I don't know. I just love a lot of stuff about it, but I never been to a carnival yet, unfortunately. But yeah, yeah you know the stuff they dress up in the little costumes with the feathers. And yeah, the I haven't been to carnival either. I really would love to go. I know Miami uh, has one, but they do every October. Yeah. <laughs> every October. Shout out to all my friends who are listening to this that went to carnival this year. Yeah. Uh, I saw a hell of people with amazing outfits. I'll tell you, I need to ask you if you went to carnival. Like, what's your color choice? Like, what what colors are you are you wearing? Probably like a lime green, which is like you know a, a baby blue, like a little orange. I was like, okay, okay. I was, already. I was like, that's like the main colors I see. Said a lime green with a baby blue. A lime green, yeah, with the baby blue. Okay, okay. My friend's you're sliding out. Some, you're gonna have to search <laughs> up some costumes. Let me see. Um, um. <clears throat> okay, I would wear something 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 lavender, lavender, like purple oh, yeah. lavender. Uh huh. Lavender, red, and or or like a silver. That's that's what I yeah. That's what I'd be wearing. Oh my god, they have like a lot of male costumes too. Like it looks so similar to like the female costumes. See, I'm looking at them right now. It looks so good. <laughs> they do. This, are we even allowed <laughs> to wear this? Like since we're not even a part of the costume. What do you mean? Like, uh, we're not, like I'm not. We're not from Trinidad. We're not from Barbados. I mean, like, you don't. And that's the thing, though. Like you don't need to be. There's a difference between appreciating a culture and appropriating a culture. Okay, um, so here we go. We got to make sure to get yeah. the outfits for like, characters. No, because like I am of Caribbean descent, but I did not grow up 
in Caribbean culture, you feel me? So like, it, there's like a line though, like, you know, there's still a line of like me, like learning my culture yeah. and and everything as well. So like, I, but like, that's a part of like black culture is what I'm saying. The fact that we have events like carnival, wherever a carnival would be, whether it's in Miami or in your respective like country, city, whatever. Um, it's just cool though, because these are events that have taken place years ago as ways for people to have that time to to celebrate their culture their values um their customs um to dance and celebrate you know whereas we were so like oppressed in those respective like places for so long so like we kind of like use you know it's changed in a way i think there's it gets deeper than that i can't really give you guys more info but like look into like the history of like carnival as well like it's it's pretty profound and it's amazing there's um, a lot but, of things going on, so you gotta make sure or your outfit for this carnival. Cause I'm looking no, at this, for real. I'm looking at this right now, and there's a lot of body being shown. <laughs> in the mail, so I gotta, yeah, I gotta up it, especially a little head. <laughs> definitely, definitely, but not okay. just events. Um, not just events, though, guys. Uh, in your respective communities too, there are groups in your communities that you guys can be a part of that um are for black representation that are for diversifying the workforce um uh we have a couple here like facebook groups there are groups like the broward county black owned businesses um as you guys know we are a florida organization um wayne tay and i and myself we are spread out throughout florida and broward county palm beach county um um uh, Dade County, um, Martin County, and Univer County. These are all like South Florida counties that we are all like kind of affiliated with in one shape, form, or another. And so groups like Broward County Black-Owned Businesses or Black-Owned Businesses, Black-Owned Businesses of Florida, these are like great places to go and network and to kind of immerse yourself in and kind of like see like what's out there that's near you that you can be a part of or that you can kind of like add on when it comes to representation do you feel like you don't see any black businesses in your area i'm sure there are you just gotta you just gotta do a little digging you feel me um and i feel like when we get to a point where it's not going to be like that it's going to feel like pretty awesome i feel like in certain in certain areas it kind of already feels like that for some people like in atlanta they're black owned businesses like left and right. You feel me? Like like left and right. <laughs> but right. uh what's so up? I'm gonna, don't I'm not gonna let you forget that we're gonna take a carnival now. Huh? Oh, okay. Okay, yes, yeah, let's do it. Let us <laughs> let's go, let's go. We go into a carnival. <laughs> Where's All right, guys. Is it near? <laughs> find out. Uh, on that note, we're gonna head off. We're gonna head into our intermission and we're gonna ask you guys some trivia questions. We'll be back. It's your host, Wayne Tajay, Devante Carter, and we are the Menu Kings. We'll be right back. Yay. All right. So before we get into our community questions for the episode, we have a short trivia for our listeners. Try your best to guess the correct answer to these questions about our episode on Black representation. Question one, how many active black networks are there? Question two, this screenwriter and director is famous for creating the following TV shows, Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder, Grey's Anatomy, and Private Practice. Question three, who are the founders of Black Lives Matter? Check your answers at the end of the episode to see if you guessed any right. Now back to our episode where we answer some questions from our community.
Hey guys, welcome back. Um, we just finished our intermission and we're gonna go ahead and get started with some questions that we have for black representation. So when we talk about black representation, you think about different role models in your respective, uh, in your respective like career, in your respective uh, like workforce, um, in your life, um, in your personal life. And so we wrote down a couple of different uh, black role models that we want to talk about or types of black role models that we want to talk about or and feel represented uh, by. And so it's, hey, I want to ask you, who are your black non-binary role models? Okay, for me, it was going to be Indian Moore because of the show Pose. And it's so great that seeing somebody who's non-binary represents you on the TV show. Okay, okay. Like, which obviously is like LGBT people, but, you know, um, that really like, um, when people think of LGBT, they just think of like gay, uh, bisexual, you know, straight. Yeah. Well, straight is LGBT, but I mean like in the sexuality way. But, um, and seeing somebody who is still representing as like non-binary, but people still see um, them, but also her because, you know, they still use she, her pronouns. Yeah. Seeing her as like a feminine figure is still like uh, taking her natural self, like she doesn't, believe in like shaving her armpits but you know even though like i shave my armpits but it's just so nice seeing somebody who like goes with what they want to go by because you know it's like looked down upon for other people who are like feminine presenting to shave their armpits and people who are like masculine presenting to shave their armpits people sorry but people who are feminine presenting to not shave their armpits That's what yeah. I mean. yeah but also i just want to say that they're also very amazing looking in my statement like the hair Oh my gosh, India Moore is a badass bitch. If y'all haven't seen or heard of them, like, you need to check out India Moore and Pose. Um, oh my gosh, yeah, when it comes to non-binary representation, I believe the biggest that I've seen besides Pose was in Sex Education uh, on Netflix. I don't know if you've seen that show, um, but there's a, a, non, a Black non-binary character in there as well. And I don't want to ruin the show for anybody, but a big theme or aspect of the show was um, their kind, their identity kind of being challenged um, at school. You know, uh, they were being criticized for the way that they dressed uh, for the bathroom uh, that they were choosing to use. Um, it was a really interesting uh, way that they told this individual story because it wasn't even, it wasn't even in a way that felt um, like relatable. Um, like just from any typical person, which was what was really cool to me because I was just like, wow, like it really like gave me the kind of like mindset and perspective for what it must feel like for a non-binary, a non-binary person to kind of like grow up in society and kind of be like challenged, whether it be by the school system or by like their family or friends even on how they like, uh, how they choose to express themselves and just live their life, you feel me? Um, Love that. Yeah, no, sex education, y'all. Yeah, get into it if you want to. Oh, you know, I didn't watch it. Thank you. Now you're going to make yeah. me almost be studying, but I'm going to go watch his. Day. Yeah, no, definitely. It's on the new season, too. It is on that new season that they introduce <laughs> that character, and they are awesome, and they're going to make you love non binary people even more if you already don't. Uh, <laughs> All right, but, wait, um, so uh, who's, who's your, who is your black LGBT role model? 
Um, As if I, I don't know the answer already, because before oh. we came over this, you've been talking about them and just talking about Oh, them. well, I got hella. Don't worry. I got a lot. I got a lot. I already mentioned uh, Billy Porter. Um, Billy Porter co-starred with India Moore and Pose. Um, Pose is a great show, a great show for Black representation and Black LGBTQ plus IA representation. Um, telling Black stories, um, telling Black stories, uh, in ways that you wouldn't necessarily hear otherwise from other people or other creators. I think uh, it's, I'm not sure it's Ryan Murphy, a creator or producer of Pose, but Ryan Murphy, I feel like does a great job in, in his shows when it comes to uh, telling He's stories. White. Ryan Murphy is white, but I think he does a great job of telling stories and not just like LGBT, um, um, Q plus, uh, um, stories, but like of uh, just stories in general um, from people from all different backgrounds and ethnicities. Um, so I think that was really dope. Um, oh my gosh, uh, Frank Ocean, I got into that. Frank Ocean opened the door, but there's so many other LGBT um, artists, rappers out there. We got Tyler the Creator now, we have Kevin Abstract. Can we talk about Mississippi? What's up? <laughs> Mississippi, Mississippi by Kevin Abstract. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Oh gosh. That's actually all. let's not talk about it. I want people to listen to it. Can... Yeah, guys, go listen to Mississippi by Kevin Abstract and then come tell us what you think about it. But I mean, come on, like in 2012, were you ha- not even in 2012, but like yeah, in 2012, were we able to say that we had like so many LGBT black LGBT artists to like to listen to. No, you were not. Everybody was like in the closet. That part, and you know, here we are in 2021. We got options, and people get mad about it. (laughs) And we got options, and people get mad about it too. Like like little Nas and and uh, what's his little 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 who? Little Butchie, little little Boosie. (laughs) The little Nas and little Boosie thing. Um. Isn't that an interesting situation, though, Tay? Yeah, like, with theories about black gay people and what they're yeah, doing, yada, yada, yada. Definitely. When it's just like, as an excuse to, you know, to um, solidify their homophobia, whatever. It's crazy. And we're talking about black representation. Um, and if you, if you can't, if black representation doesn't include gay black representation, queer black representation, then non-binary it's black representation, trans black trans representation, then it's not black representation because uh, we all fit under the umbrella, and that's something that's super important. That people like Little Nas, Frank Ocean, India Moore, um, Billy Porter are or out here doing the active work that you don't have to separate your black identity from your career identity, whatever that identity may be. You know, you can be black and you can be gay. You can be black and you can be trans. You can be black and you could be non-binary. You feel me? These identities can be one and the same and you can own both of them 100% as you should see fit. And people are mad that you and just people are just mad because they don't get it you know what i mean like i think that's just what it is and they don't need to get it you see homeboys out here thriving you feel me hello tay oh i thought it was like a rhetorical question <laughs> <laughs> i thought you were like yeah you feel me 
But yeah, um, I mean, I, I could have, I could have kept going, but I was like, oh, I probably was rambling for a second. Let me, let me let Tay in on it. No, actually, that's the point of him. Oh, that's the point of Lil Nas making ministry baby because like he didn't want people to like. He was just there to fall off or whatever. He wanted to be like, I think he really wants to be like somebody who's well known and happy for who he is, and not like. Cause you know when he first came out, he didn't really come out when he first made a song, Old Town Road. Right. And people are already speculating about him being gay. So, oh, for real? Yeah. From his old Twitter account, but Oh, I heard about that. Now <laughs> that he came out on, on terms. Yeah. But um Actually, there's um there's some tea. I don't know. I don't wanna I don't wanna um make anybody uncomfortable saying this, but uh Playboy Cardi these last two days, some drama about him being bisexual. Playboy Cardi because his hairdresser apparently outed him as bisexual because he did something and now she got angry about what he did. I think like she got removed like from backstage because she wanted to go for free or something like that. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know anything about that. I can't speak on that. I can't be dragged for it. So, um, love play Barcardi though. Um, that verse with Nikki lit. <laughs> um, but um, okay, yeah, that uh, black LGBT role models. There, you know, there are a lot of them out there. Um, I named a few. Uh, who else can we talk but about? But Issa Rae sticks out for you, right? What's up? I'm like, yeah, black woman. Of course, as a black woman, as well as, but as a black role model. Period. Um, I feel like she's just done so much for the community, so much for, for her people, not just for people as in black people, but for like the citizens of like the Bay in California. Just like due to her work and with an insecure and awkward black girl. Um, this is somebody who literally took the idea for me for black representation and like catapulted it into like my life um i feel like uh i was introduced uh to isa ray like three years ago and i found out about insecure and it was actually at wayne's house right uh it was during the hurricane i want to say i don't know it was murray or something but his sisters were watching it everyone's binge watching it i like come and i found out about the show i ended up binge watching it with them I ended up going home and restarting it and binge watching it up until the current season. And I've just been following the show ever since, right? But Issa Rae, Tay, have you ever watched Insecure? I've never heard of that show, to be honest. Okay, so it's basically about a show um, Issa Rae has written um, centered around uh, this woman and her best friend and just how they navigate their lives um, as um, women who are single slash in relationships, but just going through like young adulthood in their 20s um into their early 30s and whatnot and um it just really like navigates like that lifestyle but in a way that isn't necessarily like the same as what we've seen before and that's the thing about black representation um i feel like it's important to highlight stories that are unique that aren't that haven't been told before because like we said you know there's this whole um stereotype or archetype of black culture and the black community and a lot of perspectives in a lot of other communities where it's like you know not everybody had had some rough come up or something like that you know what i mean or not everybody is from like a disadvantaged neighborhood not everybody's from a wealthy neighborhood everybody from the swamps everybody everybody's from different places and so in Issa ray's case with insecure is like she wrote that show based on uh in cali you know what i mean 
in uh, LA, you know what I mean, or or whatever. I don't I don't know the exact. I don't want to be uh, specific in location, but it was also like kind of uh, cultivating and and savoring the culture of the area where like she's from. And I love that she did that within her show because she preserved the hip hop culture, the black culture within that show as well. Um, and not only just within the show and how she did that, but in how she wrote her characters as well. We wanted to touch on today um, about how Issa Rae writes black men. And so we do have a little clip from a little video. Um, Tay, you want to let's share that video with us real quick. Things that white producers think a black show has to be about in order to be relatable to black people. Instead, it focuses on relatable human stories that anyone should be able to connect to just with an undeniable black tone that makes it extra special for those black viewers. Now, before I get into the black man on Insecure, because that's what this episode is about, it's important to first recognize that for the most part, these men are privileged compared to their counterparts in the episode from a couple of weeks ago. Insecure is a show written for and about upscale professionals coming from relative privilege and working white collar jobs. In isolation, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. The variety of black stories being told these days is one of the best things about black media. I bring this up though, because I think it's important to recognize that the black men in media, the characters that I mentioned in the last video, they go through daily challenges and unresolved trauma and all kinds of shit that these characters from this show don't have. A guy like OG Bobby Johnson couldn't go on a spirit journey while he's trying to find his son and make his way through prison. I think it's important to keep in mind that the whole idea of self-actualization is at the top of a hierarchy of needs and that everybody isn't going to get there and everybody doesn't have to get there to be a quality person. Everybody isn't going to read Bell Hooks and Angela Davis. Everybody isn't going to go to undergrad at HBCU. And I think the world and social media would be a much better place if people were more reflective of this dichotomy and more accepting of the flaws and limitations of our own people. But let me get off my soapbox for a second. Anyway, unlike the leading man in Fuckboys mentioned in part one, the men on Insecure are nuanced and despite being mostly side characters and maybe not even appearing in every season or sometimes only appearing in a few episodes, they managed to display images of black masculinity that just haven't been present in Hollywood. Take for instance, Jared. Jared does have most of the markings of aspirational masculinity, but he's lacking the money. Like he's not a high earner or overly successful, but he is attractive. He's good in bed and Molly enjoys herself when she's with him. She also even tests his character by showing up at his house drunk, horny, and unannounced, to which he does the only appropriate thing to do in that situation. But later, when he casually reveals that he once had a sexual experience with another man, all of those clear markers of his quality, all the good things that he was up until that point, are reduced to that one transgressive act in Molly's eyes. And her attraction to him fades almost instantly. She makes veiled attempts to reconcile what she sees and has experienced with this man versus what she has been taught to believe and expect from a straight black man. This is Molly's core arc in the very first season and it sets the tone that this show will not shy away from looking at patriarchy from different angles that other shows usually don't bother to, which is probably something that grabbed a lot of male viewers attention. And we pretty much never see how patriarchy negatively can affect a heterosexual man, especially a heterosexual black man. Of course, this is mostly because heterosexual men benefit the most from the system and write most of these stories or they either don't know or don't care, but it's still a thing to see. And this moment was probably where I was hooked on the show.
So yeah, <clears throat> in that video, uh, the gentleman, he mentioned how self-actualization is at the top of the hierarchy needs uh, for humans. Um, and he's right. Um, at the bottom, it's psychological, then it's safety, then it's love and belonging, um, then it's uh, your esteem, your self-esteem, confidence, um, and then it's self-actualization. So when it comes to Black representation or representation at all, you know, people need that that reinforcement. We want to feel that self-actualization uh, in ourselves, uh, whether it's through morality, creativity, uh, uh, problem solving, lack of prejudice, acceptance of facts. Um, self-actualization <clears throat> is at the top for a reason. And I really feel like when it comes to artists writing, uh, when it comes to artists writing or anybody writing a character representing somebody else, it's cool that people like Issa Rae can really go outside of the box and really dig deep into the uniqueness that, yeah, people are different. Uh, black people are hella different. Um, and, you know, we should expect this kind of behavior in, in black media, especially moving forward because it's only gotten better. It's only getting better. Um, and it's it's just changing rapidly and growing rapidly in such amazing ways. Um, I remember when we were younger, say, uh, what kind of shows, what black TV shows that we have when we were younger that were that were well, so we were younger. So what about Little Bill? Little Bill, yeah. Little Bill, <laughs> Little Bill is iconic <laughs> for black representation. Yes, Little Bill. What about that's the Raven? <laughs> That's where Raven was awesome. The Proud Family. <laughs> yeah. Shout out! Shout out to the Gross Sisters. <laughs> uh, hmm. It's just. I feel like there like the Johnsons, but I never. I was never really. The Johnsons. I didn't really watch the Johnsons, but the Johnsons were was literally. I and please somebody at me on this, but I want to say it was the first. Disney Channel, like Black Disney Channel TV show, um, or like like four black cast, something like that on Disney Channel. I thought it was Nickelodeon. No, the Johnsons. Uh, what I believe it, I want to say they were Disney Channel. Um, let's look that up actually. Mm. Well, it's definitely not the strange thing about the Johnsons. <laughs> hmm. I'm not so sure if it's even the Johnsons anymore. I can't really find it. I know. So, it's like, it's a strange thing about the Johnsons. Yeah. Well, so we'll 86 this segment out of the episode and we'll just move on right along, <laughs> um, which is fine. But uh, uh, going from here, um, Wayne, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh, that was pretty awesome. That was a pretty awesome show, as far as black representation goes, and you know, Cali culture, and and I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I do feel a West Coast vibe from the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, yeah, but like a black West Coast vibe. <laughs> it is Bel Air, <laughs> but um, oh gosh, uh, girlfriends. Mm-hmm. That was lit. Um, I believe they're re, they're re, uh. They're re, not redoing, but they've revamped that show and it's coming back. Um, there are awesome modern shows like Dear White People. Have you seen Dear White People? I heard it, but I haven't seen it. You should watch it. Uh, their last season is very much like Glee. Um, I wasn't here for it, but I definitely 
ended up here for it by the end of the show. I mean, they oh, really, yeah. they, the show is over um, with uh, their season four that just aired on uh, recently. I think they just recently uploaded um, episodes on Netflix. So you guys should go check that out. But even that show, uh, the way that the creators of that show and the actors, the way that they brought um, their expression onto the show, they really hands down for black representation. I mean, the whole show is about black representation. Uh, it, it's amazing uh, the way that uh, black media is really starting to transcend, transcend and change the game uh, for black creators and for black representation out there. But um, moving forward, guys, that concludes our questions. Uh, we want to want to get into why we're even talking about this. Uh, a little bit of a call to action. Um, basically, we want you guys to take away from this uh, why representation should be important to you. If hearing us talk about representation for like the last 40, 30 minutes doesn't make you want to go out there and 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 get into some things in your community or or to go and look up uh some people who who inspire you or who you want to uh just get more involved uh with uh as well then let us help you out let us help you out if you are a person if you are a person in a position of power diversify your leadership board Tay. If you are a person in a position of power, uh, diversify your leadership board. What does that even mean, diversify your leadership board? So, personally, I think that means like you just have to get out there and like expand your horizon of the people that you meet from different backgrounds, different cultures. But that also means that you can't just like, you can't, when you think of diversifying, you can't like say like you can't just have like black people from like, uh, I don't know, like, country like this is a small this is just a small example like you have to like really think deep into it like people who are like light skin dark skin people who are from like different yeah. nationalities of black people like yeah for instance like i know black people who are like from like russia and people never really think of yeah. that when they think of like different like diversifying yeah because there are there are black russians there are black asians you know what i'm saying um there are you know there are black uh latinos uh the black community is very grand and vast out there um so when we say diversify your leadership board we don't just even mean like just keeping it black you know what i mean there are other groups you know it's important to have people in power in positions of power who are going to be thinking about um these groups you know what i mean this is how we do not marginalize uh uh, certain ethnic groups and keeping them left uh, left out. And when we say uh, certain uh, ethnic groups, I mean um, people with uh, like racial minorities. I mean uh, age uh, uh, gaps. I mean religious minorities. You know what I mean? Like all of the all of these people, LGBT, uh, Q plus, uh, are all in under that umbrella for sure. Uh, yeah, but also if you are. Um if you're an entertainer who's underground or artist who's underground, mm-hmm. or just, um, I don't know, you don't even have to be a Shane artist. You can just be like a very tool person who has hobbies that you just want to include people in. Like, yeah. it's okay for you to restrict it to like, like it's okay for you to restrict it to like, um, like people only if it's like your community, if you just want to like finally put the spotlight on us, you know, 
definitely and, and people will get uncomfortable with that and that's their problem because like everybody else has been doing it so like why can't we no for real and that's how you create space for for black representation in your own life you mean if no one's creating space for black representation in your life you create black representation uh you create space for black representation in your life um that's kind of how what we're doing right now with this podcast yeah so like, <laughs> supporting like black businesses like if we you know tie in with somebody who has their own business we're not afraid we're not afraid but we're not um we're definitely not gonna hold back or giving them shout outs and promoting them like it's like a a um uh, one win that they promote us because we're also technically a black business so like a podcast too yeah um it's very much like when it comes to like like if if you win we all win kind of thing you know what i mean um and and i love that in black media especially in in black music culture um i really feel this shift changing i feel i feel this is it's awesome because i feel like the direction that we're going in is that direction. It's a good direction. And I just feel it becoming more inclusive of all groups with under the community in the black community, because we even as a collective, we're realizing how different we all are, but we're trying to connect that and, and, and real and be aware of that at the same time. Um, yeah. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. <laughs> this is why you have to make sure you, you support the black businesses because like, if you know i think it's just like a no-brainer when people are like like do you see how hard it is for somebody who's like black to come up in like this country obviously so that's why we really need each other to uh put each other in the spotlight and um on the post so that everybody knows about it you know it's because it's hard enough already so really do need each other definitely on that note guys on that note um i want to thank you guys for for tuning in and having this conversation with us about black representation uh definitely i hope you guys took a lot from this if you guys have any information about black representation you guys got any black artists black businesses out there that you uh want to share with us please send them our way and we want to talk about um talk about it talk about it with you um and yeah um tay do you have anything else you want to add and say to our friends Yep, please make sure you still follow us on The Minute Kings on Instagram. Check out our YouTube, check out our Patreon, and also um, check out our Twitter. Yes, uh, our website, themynewkings.com. If you'd like to be a guest host on one of our future episodes uh, coming up, you can sign up there. The early access episodes are all located on our Patreon. You can sign up for that there. Um, if you uh, want to get a head start on viewing some of these episodes as they are being released and you can get um, some exclusive content, some behind the scenes content as well, all of that will be available on, on our Patreon. You guys can keep up with us on our Instagram and Twitter page. And we are so excited to see you guys next week. Next week, we should have Wayne back. We'll have the whole game back. I'm healed. Wayne will be back. Tay will be here. And we're gonna get into some things. <laughs> but thank you Anyways, guys so much. Thank you guys for coming. We really appreciate it. And have a nice night. We are host Wayne Tajay. Devontae Carter. And we're out. Signing <laughs> out. Thanks for watching our third episode. We appreciate the love and support everyone has given us so far. And if you have any questions for us, check out our website at www.theminutekings.com. 
Did you catch our call to actions for the episode? If you are in a position of power, diversify your leadership board. If you're an underrepresented creator or entertainer, don't be afraid to exclusively include your community in your work. Last but not least, support Black creators and businesses. There are events like Afropunk and Carnival that do a good job representing the underrepresented. Now here are the answers to the trivia held in our intermission. How many active Black networks are there? 11, as of January 2019. This screenwriter and director is famous for creating the following TV shows. Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder, Grey's Anatomy, and Private Practice. Shonda Rhimes. Who are the founders of Black Lives Matter? Alicia Garza, Patrice Coulors, and Opal Tometi. I hope you guys enjoyed our quiz for Black representation. To wrap up, I wanna encourage you to join us as a guest if you wanna participate in our discussions of various topics. We would love to have your perspective and we can make it worth your while if you have something you would like us to promote during our episodes. Check out our website for more info and how we can support your community. Thank you again for your support. With all that being said, be a leader, educate yourself, and create space in your communities. Catch you guys later.